Welcome to this week's episode of Latchkey Movies, the podcast where we take a critical look at the movies your kids are watching without your supervision. Today, we are going to talk about the 2022 movie, Turning Red. It is 2022, right? It, it was is this year. 2022. Yeah, that's what I thought, so. <laughs> My name is Sarah. I am the mom of a seven and a half year old boy. And I am Briar Harvey. I am the mom of an adult and an 11 year old boy and a five year old boy. And, like, the boys did not care for no. this movie. I could see that, I guess. I feel like that's not really their audience for no. this one at all, by no. any means. So. My daughter enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, it's going to be an interesting one to talk about because it's, I guess, a dis- divisive film. Who would have thunk it? I, I mean... Listen, I I have to be very upfront about this right from the get-go. If I hadn't heard from the internet that this movie was about periods, I would not have come to that conclusion myself. Yeah, um, the only so we watched it immediately when it came out, like that Mm -hmm. day, and the only thing my only thought was just like. Once they, like, made the mention of periods, I was like, okay, I started thinking, okay, if my son picked up on that, what am, how am I explaining this to him? That's it. That was the extent of, like, my thought process there. And he didn't because it's really such a throwaway part of this movie. It, it, it's, like, to the point where, from my viewing, it wasn't even about periods right. at all. No, right. Um, so... This movie, I think, came out on a Friday, uh-huh. or at least on Disney Plus on a Friday. And at my son's school, they, um, so because of COVID, half the classes are still doing lunch in their classrooms and half the classes are in the cafeteria. Um, they just never ended up changing it for the year because it, it worked. So um, they, on Fridays, they will play a movie in the cafeteria. Okay. And they apparently play them in the classrooms, too. I don't know the full extent of this story because my son's still doing classroom lunch. I only know about it from parent groups. <laughs> but apparently they played this movie. And, oh, my goodness, the outrage over parents who might have to explain to their boy children what a period is. Like, <laughs> I cannot even express how fucking terribly stupid that is to me yeah because again i don't think this movie is about periods mm-hmm. it's about it's a it's a coming of age yeah movie. It is it's about relationships between moms and daughters moms and daughters and daughters yeah. and their friend group and their right. boy band yeah. like that's actually all fine the period stuff by it's my viewing, as it. no, like I don't even think it happened. She turned into a panda. She didn't get her period. Right, that right. turning into a panda was not metaphorical <laughs> for getting a period. They right. are, as best as I could tell from watching this film, two entirely separate things. Right. So I don't know. I'm sure this happened in a million schools around the same time. Mm-hmm. It got played because somebody saw that there was a new Pixar movie on Disney Plus, and it was animated, and there's a giant panda in it. Listen, if you want to quibble about the witchcraft, I mean, we can actually have that conversation, but this movie is not about periods. Right. 
Right. And I would, and again, like, I would, I, okay, I would accept the discussion that this movie was PG and wasn't appropriate to be shown. Um, but so is, like, Finding Dory, Coco, yeah. Onward, Soul, Cars 3. These are all also Pixar movies rated PG. So it's, it's nobody has a problem with Inside so, Out, The Good Dinosaur. Like, the content is what people have an issue with, and trying to make it an issue about it being PG is, is, not right and the content is i mean this was a rough watch for me i do not do well with secondhand embarrassment right that is not a thing that i go out for i can't watch the office like i've tried several times (laughs) yeah i i can't hang with secondhand embarrassment and this film is literally built around that cringe Mm -hmm. factor Right? But yeah. for what it was, honestly, I found the content pretty wholesome. Yeah, I agree. Like, it, the whole thing about it, it was like, it wasn't pushing any boundaries. Mm-hmm. It was, ex- I mean, like, that is exactly, short of, like, the mom overreacting and running to the um, convenience store. That mm-hmm. That's, like, how those discussions happen. Like, that's how preteen and you know teenage young teenage girls think about boys they they think about them that way like that's that's it that's I was one once you know right exactly (laughs) and I actually feel like it's good we don't talk enough about Mm -hmm. parasocial relationships Mm -hmm. and the parasocial relationship between teenage girls and their boy band right everybody had a boy band right like I New Kids on the Block for me. What was... I feel incredibly comfortable saying everybody had a boy band time. Yeah, right? what was yours? Well, I did have New Kids on the Block, but I was a little young for New Kids You're on the li- Block. Uh, right. But so... then, like, the boy band that I was, like, into, into was Backstreet Boys. Oh, okay. And there was At a reason for that. At least it wasn't in sync. Like, no, we there's can, a reason We're on the same that. page on that one. Backstreet so... Boys is better than in sync. But yeah. I am a couple years older, and so my first boy band was, in fact, New Kids on the Do Boy. Do you want to hear my, boy, my Backstreet Boys concert experience? Yes, I want to hear your Backstreet Boys So, we've talked experience. before about how, like, I grew up, you know, Canada adjacent, right? Yes, um, you may not know this, but the Backstreet Boys were popular in, like, Europe and Canada before they were popular in America. Like, their first album was released and, like, did really well in those two countries, but not so great here. I see. Um, the first time I saw the Backstreet Boys was in the United States. It was right over the border. I walked up the day of the concert and bought tickets. And it was at, like, an actual concert venue. It's not uh-huh. like this was when they were, like, so small that, like, they're, you know, whatever, playing at the mall or whatever. It was at an actual concert venue, and I walked up the day of and bought tickets. And bought tickets. The second time I saw the Backstreet Boys, I slept out for tickets, because this was back in the day when you would sleep out for tickets. Yep. And I didn't get them. Oh. <laughs> oh, that hurts yeah. my heart for you. So then my friend that I slept out with, um, Uncle, bought them from a scalper for us, because he felt so bad <laughs> that we had slept out and that not gotten them. slept out and not gotten tickets. <laughs> I mean... I recently watched a TikTok about how to jump the Ticketmaster queue line. Yeah. So, like, that's not a thing anymore. No, no. But it twice in my me... life, I slept out for tickets and didn't get them either time. I did that. I did that for uh, Lollapalooza. Yeah. Did you get tickets though? I did in '98. I went to Lollapalooza in '98, and I like 
th there's a certain amount of nostalgia I'm feeling here for yeah. sleeping out for tickets yeah. that'll never ever happen again. Never. And both of those experiences were probably within like a couple of years of each other because mm -hmm. it was for the Backstreet Boys concert and then it was for Stanley Cup playoff tickets, like finals, Stanley Cup finals mm -hmm. tickets, and I didn't get either. Ouch. And when the, when the Backstreet Boys tickets sold out, everybody kind of just walked away sad. And when the Stanley Cup Finals tickets sold out, people rioted. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can just see the difference. Hordes of crying teenage yeah. girls. Versus and angry sports fans. Angry sports well, fans. And, and even think... happy sports fans, let's be clear. Right. E even happy sports ball <laughs> fans have riots. That's just right. that's par for the course. But so. also, I mean, I, the, I think the reason that I didn't get tickets either time and it sold out both times is because this would have been right, it would have been like 98 through like 2002, like right uh -huh. around in that per period of time. And that's right when online ticket buying started being a thing. Mm -hmm. So we were kind of like in the wild west of like, how do you actually get concert tickets? Do you sleep out for tickets? Do you like wait to get into Macy's to go to the customer service department? Because that's where you bought Ticketmaster tickets back in the day. Oh like, God, what do you do? I just, I feel so old right now. <laughs> oh my God. Do you remember having to go I to Macy's do. or like JCPenney's or whatever yes. to the customer? service department uh -huh. and that's where you would buy your ticket master tickets we're the same place where you'd get gift wrap done uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> and it was usually like in a way back corner of the store right like it's not like the customer to... service that you're thinking now now they're like usually central desks like out in the middle of you know the area no, no this was like a little way back corner of like behind walls next to the bathroom sometimes <laughs> right right <laughs> But that would be the time period that this movie was huh? in. Because I'm pretty sure the director, um, if I remember, the director's a woman, and she was, like, this was her experience and, as, like, a teenager. Well, and so my my time cue is the Tamagotchi, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she like, was born in 89, so. Right. And she's from Canada. So which, that would have been right around, Yeah. yeah. Yeah, she would have been like, I don't know, six, seven years old, younger than us, which, you know, that mm -hmm. the, the age range of people who were into this music was like. Listen, it was <laughs> a unique time. They're even the top of the generation and the bottom of the generation. Yeah. We have some universal experiences right. that nobody else has uh -huh. simply because it's just not yeah. that way anymore. And it wasn't that way before. It was weird technology where yeah. it had just started taking off. So uh -huh. we had little pocket creatures. Yeah. I remember. I had a Tamagotchi. I, I, I never remember. Did. Oh my God, feeding that fucking thing. <laughs> I actually, um, uh, my the trauma son's... when it died. Like, yeah. It was actual real tra trauma. Oh, yeah. <laughs> We just had my son's birthday party, and I wanted to get, like, goodie bags, man. They're one of those things that everybody hates, but then you have to do. Like, and everybody correct. hates, and you don't want to get all the junk in your house. But you, your kid correct. loves it. Kids go crazy for goodie bags, right? That's correct. So I made, um, I made a deal with my son that 
we wouldn't do goodie bags, but we would spend like the same amount that we would spend on goodie bags on like one thing, right? Okay. So I was looking, so and you can buy like quality parting. Yeah, gift. like a yes. three dollar item instead of three dollars on crap, right? So I was looking, and you can buy like multi packs of knockoff Tamagotchis, Tamagotchis now, and it was really that was one of the leading contenders. But I ended up going with, like, little mini Pokemon instead. Like, Pokemon, like, bag hangers. Okay. Because I figured every kid loves Pokemon or every kid loves stuffed animals, so I'm kind of getting both in one. You're hitting pretty much that that Venn diagram overlap. (laughs) Of seven and a half year olds. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so. Anyways, you could still get Tamagotchis. And you can get knockoff ones for like three dollars a piece. I don't you could probably get them for anymore. even. You could probably even get them for cheaper than that if you're getting it from like AliExpress or something like that, right? Probably. Jesus. <laughs> but so that's long sideways ramble about <laughs> the time period of this movie. Okay. Let's. The cast is impeccable and Asian, and I don't think we need to go too much farther into that, do we? Like, No. I feel like, on a level, certainly some of the outrage has to be at least a little closeted racism, but... Yeah. It's... It's... <sighs> it's everything. Like, I really... It's just that this movie had a little bit of everything for the people that get upset about oh, things right. they shouldn't get there, upset there about. Oh, right. just... Except for, I, I did not see a gay couple at any point in time. So, you know, didn't get, yeah. didn't get that to I don't know. About. I don't know. Was there anything, like, specific or, like, you know, potentially coded that way? Not, not that I am aware of. And I have pretty good gaydar. But, <laughs> like... I don't oh, think so. No, apparently there were scenes that were cut from Turning Red. Disney cuts LGBTQ plus Turning Red scenes after backing Don't Say Gay Bill. What is this? Inside the Magic. So that's like a pretty legit that's, like that's Disney a fairly reporting. Re- legitimate. Yeah. They they're like their bread and butter is reporting on Disney. <laughs> That's why it's Inside the Magic. Yeah, before Turning Red was released to the world, Pixar animation employees came forward to express their concern for the misrepresentation in the animated movie, claiming Disney executives cut the majority of inclusive scenes in the Pixar film. Nonetheless, fans noticed awkwardly placed moments in Turning Red, causing them to call out Disney to release the gay cut. Uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah, so it looks like there are, you know, like... Like, just starting the article. It looks like the scenes were in the house party. Um, like, one of the friends was dancing with another girl. Mm. It looks like. I mean, I can't tell beyond that because I'm just going, like, obviously that hasn't been reported yet. So... Well, or that hasn't go. been released yet. There, there was, in fact, something for the don't say gay crowd to get mad about. Okay, so... My son actually liked this movie, by the way. Did he watched it? it twice. 
he watched it once with me and my husband wasn't home he I don't know he was at like a work function or something when we watched it and so then they watched it together once too which is like a big thing because he's not really we're kind of past the like watch a movie multiple times stage these days at at seven and a half yeah Mm -hmm. it's got to be good to watch it more than once Mm mm-hmm there's YouTube videos to watch 55 times. That... <laughs> yeah, you gotta watch, gotta watch Zebra Gamer play the same game 12 times right, with his 72 series. Priorities, mother. <laughs> so, I think overall, I was mostly really happy with this movie. Yeah, like it, it addressed that. Asian tiger mom exceptionalism. Sure. Without being... So, like, we'll get into this with Encanto. One of my problems there is is that we have some really unhealthy family dynamics Yeah. that are mostly swept under the rug for the sake of storyline. Yeah, I agreed. We'll get there, though. We'll get there. <laughs> that did not happen here. Right. It was a learning experience. People for, changed. Right. And for everyone involved. For and everyone I... involved. Because this was terrible mothering. Yeah. Like, I mean, as a mother, I was I was mortified uh-huh. with the gas well, station I mean, scene. We all knew somebody who had a mom right, like that, right? Oh, yeah. We all had a friend with a mom like that. The, the friend who wasn't allowed to go to your house for sleepovers because you had an older brother. Mm-hmm. Right? We all had that friend. Mm-hmm. And they weren't Chinese. <laughs> they were just a friend, like a person whose parents were overprotective. Were completely and totally overbearing. Mm-hmm. I, I was that friend. Oh, you were that friend? I, I was that friend. Okay. <laughs> but that aside, yeah, I mean, I can... This was, there were, there were opportunities for growth mm-hmm. for all of the characters involved, even, even grandma, mm-hmm. which was And nice. I like that, I liked too, and I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I like that it wasn't a situation where, um, what's May's mom's name? Ming Lee? Uh-huh. Um, it wasn't a situation where Ming Lee's mother had been big and overpowering like that with her daughter, and that's why she was. Like, it wasn't like that, right? It, it was to an extent. That was, uh, Wu is her but, name. May's right. grandmother. But I thought their falling out had been over the fact that May had hurt, or Ming had hurt Wu when she had lashed out. Maybe I'm, maybe I'm just understanding the story wrong. Well, it had something to do with Jen Lee, who I did appreciate. I appreciated that these were all overbearing women. And then and he was just in the background making he, <laughs> dumplings. He was food. <laughs> Like, there, yeah. there was a great deal about mm-hmm. that that was not typical that I did actually yeah. deeply appreciate because he seemed like a pretty supportive dad. Mm-hmm. 
and that is unusual mm-hmm. in Disney films. Yeah. I do think overall there was just this nice little melange of touch points that people, especially of our generation, but kids could see themselves in. Mm-hmm. So of course it's going to make people mad. Right, because it actually deals with things that happen in real life. It's not just a princess, you know, on a journey in a magical land mm-hmm. and while a movie about a princess on a journey in a, a magical land could potentially have touched on the exact same stories that we got here this is set in modern times mm-hmm. and so people are more apt to find problems with it because mm-hmm. it's not behind a cloak of fantasy so speaking of fantasy I have to say, I deeply appreciated the magic of this yeah. movie. It was a beautiful, fully fleshed out tradition. Mm-hmm. It was like documented lineage. Mm-hmm. And the kids loved it. Yeah. Like, that was my favorite part. This was not shunned. Right. This was not, you know. This was, hey, panda, come to the party. Yes, and then the panda came to the party. <laughs> Which feels, honestly, I mean, we do, we talk so much shit about kids' movies. And again, I'm not with the secondhand embarrassment. And all of that aside, I still kind of really enjoyed this movie. Mm-hmm. There was just a good story. Mm-hmm. And I am, yeah. um, I come back to, I, so what this movie had, ish, not great, but it did have it, was music. That has been our biggest complaint of this series of Pixar movies, right? Mm-hmm. From beginning to music. end, right? Not it would be. Music. It would basically, if this had followed the um, same path that all the other Pixar movies we've had issue with have followed, with the exception, I would say, of Coco. Uh-huh. Um, this would have been a movie about a boy band with no boy band music. Right. Right. <laughs> so at least they didn't do that. There was not enough. I mean, not even for me. I'm not even going to ask you if there was no, enough No, you know what? I believe that they've actually, there's more music from Four Town available. Okay. Well, that's, that's, that's good to know. Because people love Four Town. There was, but there was really only the one song that they played yes. in the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there are one, two, three. Four, there's at least four songs available on Apple. Let's see. Yeah, there's three songs available on iTunes or Apple Music. But I don't know what the actual soundtrack is. But, oh my gosh, people love Four Town. That is what is blowing up for merchandise for this movie. Four Town posters. 
Which proves the universality (laughs) of the boy band, doesn't it? Like, this is not even a real boy band. (laughs) And we love love it. it. (laughs) You're right. You're right. That's totally what's happening. So great. And I'm looking at it. There was, I guess, a couple of other songs, Cha-Cha Slide and Bootylicious. Yeah, I'd believe it. Like, The Party, probably. The Party, I think. Both of those. Did you have a favorite four-town member? I did not have a favorite four-town member. I don't either, but apparently people do. I'm sure they do. I've only seen this movie twice, which is not enough time (laughs) to develop a four-town favorite. Who was your favorite new kid on the block? Oh, Joey, absolutely. Of course. (laughs) Come on. Is there even another option? Right. <laughs> um, did you have any other favorite boy band members and like other boy bands? I'm trying. So, by the time I was a Backstreet Boys fan, I didn't actually care that much about how mm-hmm. cute they were. I liked the music. Okay. But I, I was I was actually more into girls then. <laughs> I liked Kevin because apparently uh, I like old men because he I was guess. like so old compared to the other ones. He really was, <laughs> and he didn't ever sing either. He never nope. sang. There was like one line he had, and like the first time he had like his own line, it was like a big deal. It was, it was like in their third album. It took that long for him to get like his own line. <laughs> I did not have a favorite member of NSYNC because I was not a fan of NSYNC. I just remember Justin Timberlake's hair. His spaghetti, or his ramen hair. His ramen hair. It looked like uncooked ramen noodles. Yeah. (laughs) So, do we have anything else? I mean... I loved the scene at the end in the sky dome when they're all singing to create the circle and then all the members of the band and they're still hanging <laughs> right they start singing i too. like that they stuck around or <laughs> they maybe they it's that go they anywhere. got left <laughs> they right go anywhere <laughs> i like that i thought that was nice and i also enjoy the end when all the aunties have new talismans because their original ones got right. and they're the, like four and, and the new talismans are the best <laughs> i wish i could find a list of what they were nobody has it online and i can't remember so i know grandma had the four town necklace yeah right <laughs> yeah and then one of the aunties had the tamagotchi didn't yeah, i think you're right yeah I cannot for the life of me. I've been looking to see what it is, and I do not. Nobody is telling me online, and I didn't that's, make a note of it when I was watching. That's terrible. I didn't notate it either. But <laughs> they were they were amazing. Like that was one of the best parts. How do you think this movie would have done if it was released in theaters? Honestly, probably not that well. I agree. I do not think it would have. So, and it's very specifically because of the film environment we are in right now. 
okay. right? Like, the only thing that's really turning people out are the big blockbusters. Mm-hmm. And they're all mostly sequels. I mean, the last two, as of this recording, Jurassic World and Top Gun uh-huh. both pulled in over 140 opening weekend, which is relative f- for now. It's mm-hmm. great. Relative to 2019 you would have expected to see opening grosses of at least 200 million. Okay. So it's as good as it gets and nobody's really I mean and we went to the new Jurassic World opening weekend. Okay. Cuz that's a that's a movie that's been around for the majority of my marriage it actually predates my marriage right okay. mm-hmm. but we've seen all of the others on the in the theater we went on saturday afternoon and there was almost nobody there and it still did more than 140 million mm-hmm. so it's just the way film is going right now which I feel means... like we're in like a period of flux where yeah. there's going to have to be some kind of way to start, um, I don't know the word, tracking exclusively streaming popularity that we don't have right now because nobody releases their numbers. Right. And the streaming bubble, I think we've talked about this a little bit, But the streaming bubble has burst Mm -hmm. fairly recently. And what streaming did, streaming also changed how actors and producers and directors were paid. They were given huge upfronts without any percentage of the residuals because Mm -hmm. that's normally where you make your money is on the back end with Mm -hmm. residuals. So now that Netflix has had its whatever implosion, because apparently there aren't unlimited subscribers, who knew? (laughs) I really think, I think we're going to end up back in like, something's going to have to change because you can't pay for 15 streaming services. Well, no, I mean, and... Nobody wants to. Nobody. It's it. It's costing about the same if you right. do the fucking math, which mm-hmm. is what's so atrocious here. Right. We got like a couple. We got like ten years of freedom from cable. And the huge paydays to directors and actors up front has actually cost streamers a lot of money. Uh, The scuttlebutt that I most recently read was that Warner Brothers was trying to part ways with J.J. Abrams because he had a pilot in development for HBO that did not land. Hmm. Because that's all in flux over there. Mm Mm-hmm. 
So, it's just... The... There's a very specific movie that does well in a theater. There's a very specific type of movie and show that does well on streamers. And they are engineering this for, I, I don't think, to anyone's really great benefit. Right. So the fact that we're getting movies like this at all is kind of remarkable. Especially mm -hmm. from Disney. Mm -hmm. um, before I forget, back to the music. Billie Eilish wrote all of the Four Town songs. Oh, well, that's that's amazing. Thank you for that <laughs> fact. You're welcome. I do find, though, like, as a consumer, I now have it, like, in my head that I should be constantly getting blockbuster-worthy content on my streaming services weekly. Like, I expect there to be new movies weekly on my streaming services, and there's not. But that's there's the expectation not. I have. Because mm -hmm. I feel like that's what I'm paying for. Right. Or I'm paying for... and if, So for me, I actually watch a whole lot less movies these days and binge-watch a whole lot more serials because what I'm actually getting is an 8 to 12 hour movie right. all in one dump, right? right. Yeah. I mean, and like... I a, expect that level of production quality. Right. right, and I think a good example of that is the most recent season of Stranger Things. Mm-hmm. And, like, so there's two more episodes that are going to be released, and the last episode is two and a half hours long. That's, that's a movie. Mm-hmm. And all the other episodes have been an hour plus, I believe. And that's what I expect. I want you to give me that constantly. I want mm -hmm. new content like that constantly. So and I'm not getting it. No. <laughs> I'm not getting it. And I can, I, I mean, it's, it's, it's a rough time to be in the movie and streaming business. Because that is the expectation. Mm -hmm. The demand for content especially high quality produced content is bottomless mm -hmm. at this point in time so it's real tough to square that that's the overarching demand mm -hmm. and then we complain about what we get Right. Yeah. It's not enough. It's not enough. It's not good enough. It's, I mean, I, my husband did bring to my attention a movie on Netflix called Lom Apocalypse. So, you know, that's <laughs> out there. There's a, a movie my son just watched. It was called Chicken Hair. Mm. It's about a bunny that's a chicken. Of course. But it's also a little bit like Indiana Jones. Of course it is. So that's the content we're getting. We need more like Mitchells versus the Machines. But then we won't get that because they didn't win an Academy Award. No. <laughs> <sighs> it's... So I don't think this movie would have done well on the big screen. So as Disney, was this an easy decision to not put this in the theaters and to put it right to Disney Plus? 
I don't know what the actual decision making has been with Disney. I don't know why they have made an obvious wow. choice to give all the Pixar movies to Disney. Plus. We are recording this, and I, I, I'm mentioning the date because it's somewhat relevant to this discussion. We are recording this episode in the middle of June. 2022. 2022. Because at our rate, this movie's not. This episode's not getting released until 2024. Oh, stop. <laughs> Bob Chappick, who is currently the president of Disney, don't don't hold out, hold your breath for it being long. People are not happy with him. People was like him. the board recently issued a vote? of confidence oh did they yes after he fired uh their studio head yeah so and what's key about all of this is that neither chapik or any current member of the board mm-hmm. have any entertainment experience are they all like are they coming They're from all the theme business. park side? Oh, okay. They're, it's all business people. So, so that's great. That that makes a lot of sense now. So, <laughs> when you have, I mean, Disney as a whole has always been expensive, mm-hmm. right? But Disney, right now, is the most expensive it's ever been. Um, I'm, and I'm talking about the parks and I'm talking about what you get, like the value you get for your money. The value you get for your money is the lowest it's ever been. Disney mm-hmm. is the most expensive it's ever been. And it is turning away people like my family who were regular, like regular every other year. Park goers, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not worth it. it. You know, there used to be, there used to be benefits to staying on a Disney property when you were going. You got like. They would transport you from the airport to the hotel. You got to go into the parks early. You got to book like your reservations early for things. None of that. None of that's true anymore. You don't get any of that. So why would I stay on Disney property? What's the benefit to me? I can stay at one of the hotels that's at downtown Disney or Disney Springs, which is like the retail area attached to Disney. I can stay at one of the hotels over there, you know, like a Hyatt property, and I can get shuttled to the Disney parks, and I can be on and in a park as quickly as I could be from any of the Disney properties. And I can pay maybe a little bit more than I would pay to stay at a Hyatt property in, you know, Buffalo, but not as much as I would stay, I would pay to stay at a Disney hotel. And Disney hotels are expensive for what they are because you're not getting amenities for what you're Uh paying to stay at those hotels. In addition... As evidenced by some of their more recent entertainment decisions, Pixar movies, the least of them, Mm -hmm. Disney is increasingly alienating Hollywood Mm -hmm. and the, what would you call them, film class? Which is, I mean, if you're in the business of making movies, not the people that you want to be pissing off. Mm -hmm. And I'm really, (laughs) the the Scarlett Johansson thing Mm -hmm. 
feels very reminiscent to me of what happened to Robin Williams. With Jeannie? With Jeannie. Yeah. And so have we talked about that? Why don't you say, why don't you just give a brief? So they, they offered to pay him industry standard. And he said, that's fine, as long as I get a percentage of residuals and um, toys. What What's the word I'm looking for Merchandise. there? Merchandise. Thank you. It, it just wasn't there. As long as I get a percentage of residuals and merchandise. They somehow found a way to not include that in his contract. I, I mean, I don't know quite how it happened, but... They screwed Robin out of a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And then to make it up to him, I think it was uh, uh, DreamWorks. Who went to DreamWorks? Eisner and Katzenberg. Jeffrey Katzenberg. Okay, Okay, good job. (laughs) Thank you. Got there. Took me a while, but I got there eventually. Gave him a uh, Picasso to make it up to him. Yeah, I knew there was a painting involved with it. Robin said it didn't. Or maybe it was Van Gogh, a self-portrait of Van Gogh or something. I can't remember. I do remember he gave it back and said that it did not match his decor. No, you know what the issue was? I was just looking. It did have to do with merchandising, but Robin Williams didn't want them to use his voice. Oh, that's right. For the merchandising. Mm-hmm. And they did. And they gave they him screwed him out of a lot of money, but they also used his well, likeness they, in ways that he hadn't approved of that. Well, that, that yeah. That's correct. You have to imagine if he is specifically saying, don't use my likeness, they're not paying him to use his likeness. So then they're using his likeness beyond, you know, going against his wishes, but also not paying him for it. But also um, not paying him. Right. So they, they gave him a Picasso. <laughs> and that's why he's not in the... Um, He's not in the sequels until the third one. Uh-huh. So. So it's not new. There, you know, it's not is... new. It's Disney mistreatment that goes way back. I'm sure it even goes back into like the child, like the 50s. You know, well, and after days. I remember that we talked about this in relationship to Hercules Right. Because they had a hell of a time casting Hades. Because okay. they wanted Jack Nicholas and Danny DeVito. And neither one... Uh, no, Danny wanted Jack. That's how that one went. You and mean Jack Nicholson, not Jack not, Nicholas. Thanks. <laughs> I'm, I'm clearly doing very well today. You don't mean the golfer, right? You mean Right, I don't mean the golfer. <laughs> I mean, Don't worry, Jack. you know what? You said it, I was like, is that right? I Googled it for you. <laughs> it wasn't that obvious. Thank you for, me. for being my real time fact well, checker. Well, no, it's not sir. like I was on top of it enough to be like, it is not, that's not right. I had to Google it. Well, <laughs> but you did rather than sure. just run in your mouth like <laughs> I do. Okay. It's, it's a distinct pattern of behavior. That's what we're getting mm-hmm. at. Disney is known at this point in time, yeah, going all the way back to 
they're animators, they're actors. If they can screw you, they will. I don't know why anyone chooses to work for Disney voluntarily at this point in time. Mm-hmm. <sighs> well, I mean, can you even be an actor and avoid Disney at this point, though, with everything that they own? Well, and that's the thing. At a certain level, if you haven't gotten your Marvel invite, are you a real A-list actor? Right. Or Star Wars. If you're not doing right. Marvel or Star Wars, who even are, are you? Are you a real A-lister at all? Mm-hmm. I mean, no. I don't... So, that's kind of where we're at with this. Mm-hmm. It would not have done well in the theaters. I don't think so. But it doesn't matter because what's going on in behind the scenes at Disney right now is a shit show. Right. And that we even got to watch this movie at all is frankly a fucking miracle. Mm-hmm. And on that lovely note, next time. <laughs> well, what did you rate it? Alright, so, given the cringe, I can only give this, like, a three stars. Okay. I I would watch it again, but I would not be comfortable, and I would not be happy if this was a movie chosen by one of my children to be on constant repeat. Okay. I am going to give it um, four stars because I would not be bothered if it was playing on constant replay in my house. So, next time, we're going to be starting our next series, which is, I guess, non-Pixar pandemic movies? Yeah, basically we're going to cover the other noteworthy movies that were released from, like, March 2020 on. Um most of them well all of the ones i think we're going to talk about were animated like best animated feature right. film nominees we're going to skip a few we're going to hit the the most we'll, noteworthy we'll, we'll ones we'll hit the noteworthy ones so we'll be starting we're going to go in order of release date so we'll be starting with over the moon which was which, a netflix original right and it was released on october 23rd 2020 Speaking of our demands for our streaming services, this was one of them. So, another Asian cast. Yeah, have you seen it? It's good. I have not. Oh, it's good. You'll like it. It's a good one. (laughs) And then somewhere in there we'll do Encanto, Ray and the Dragon, and Mitchells vs. the Machines. But we have to figure out release order first. And we'll get there. We'll do it. We'll get there. So (laughs) those are the next. If you have any suggestions for the series after that, we will delightfully take some feedback. That's face you're making. I'm trying to smile around my braces. Oh. All right, y'all. We'll see you next time. Find us at Latchkey Movies on Facebook and Instagram. If you would like to give us a call and shout, we are at 402-885-4875. Or you can find us online at latchkeymovies.com. And we will talk to y'all soon. Bye. Bye.